Sozo, isn't that a Led Zeppelin song? No, it's not. Next on the Midweek Move. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for welcoming us to wherever you are today. And we welcome you into our studio uh, for the Midweek Move. And it is going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. We are in Acts chapter 4 today. And so we are super excited. Hey, I did want to give you a reminder real quick uh, about our website, thpshreveport.com. You'll find Midweek Move there. You'll find all manner of things. Our Facebook page, Midweek Move. Share that out for us. Uh, subscribe to all the different platforms, Spotify, all of our podcasting, all of those things. Uh, subscribe to that stuff. Like that stuff. Love that stuff. Comment everywhere you can. And also, if you are like growing in this journey with us, not just going on this journey, but if you're growing in your faith, if you're growing in your relationship with Jesus, hey, we want to know about that. And that's going to encourage us and we want to encourage you. And you can email us at mediahub at thpshreveport.com. And just let us know kind of where you're at. What is the midweek move doing for you? How are you growing? What is God saying to you through the scriptures? And so we just want to take this journey together, and we so appreciate you uh, supporting this. We believe that right in the middle of our week, man, this is an awesome time yes. to just refuel and refresh. Now, today we have a special guest, and week to week we're going to have different guests. And uh, man, this guy's a Dear, dear brother, a great friend. He and I have traveled uh, around the world together. Literally. And uh, so we are super excited to welcome into the studio today, Carlos Renfro. Carlos, how are you today? I'm doing great, brother. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, we are going to take a deep dive straight in yes. Acts chapter 4. So where we left off last week was uh, the lame man at the gate. Man, he's getting healed. Bones are popping. Stuff's going on. People are freaked out, yet they're excited all at the same time. Uh, it's gathering a crowd. Peter notices the crowd comes together. He's like, okay, this is a moment. He preaches the gospel. He lays it all out there. People give their life to Christ. Some people, um, some people want to reject everything. They're rejecting them. And so where we were kind of left last week is Peter is like declaring this. He's talking about Jesus is being raised from the dead. He made a big deal about right. Jesus not just being crucified, but being raised from the dead. Yes. And so we're going to dig into that a little bit today. All right. Acts chapter number four. And here's where it begins. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. So these people are not coming to just to hang out. Right. 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 They came upon them. So there's like a disruption that's coming because as they spoke to the people, now, again, you're talking about Peter and John were together. That's the context of this. The lame man at the gate, that's not over yet. We're still in the narrative right. of that. That's yeah. still going on. We're still in that temple area. Right. And all this is happening. And so now as they speak to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, the heavy hitters, here mm -hmm. they come. They come upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, Carlos... First thing right out of the gate, why is it such a big deal that they're not just preaching Jesus, 
but they are preaching in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Why is that such a huge deal in this context? Well, in this context, the first thing you see there in verse 1, you see the name of, of a group of guys called the Sadducees. Yep. And they're preaching in the name of Jesus. No, and we're not too far removed from this from this big brouhaha from the crucifixion. And they're preaching the resurrection of the dead. And the Sadducees do not believe in a physical resurrection. Yep. So in their mind, these guys aren't just causing a disturbance. They're they're flat out teaching blasphemies. They're yep. they're preaching against the the direction or the flow of what their sect believes and, and teaches. Yeah, and one thing that we have been talking about here at the healing place on campus and online is that there are a lot of people who have no issue with Jesus on the cross. Right. But when you start talking about Jesus resurrected, that's a whole other level. Right. Because Jesus on the cross, that is our invitation to... Jesus gives us an invitation right. for, for atonement for our sins. Right. But in the resurrection, that's where we've got to die. Right. Jesus died on a cross so we could have our sins forgiven. Right. We die through the resurrection. We, the old man, is dead, yes. and all things become new. We are right. resurrected. We are born again. Yes. So when he's talking about the resurrection of the dead, again, this is like a huge yeah. deal because we don't mind the rabbi being crucified on the cross. Right. Because we can just yeah. say, hey, he was misunderstood. He was a prophet. He was a teacher. No big deal. Yeah. Good dude died. But when he resurrects from the dead... And now they're saying, hey, that fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 53, 54, 55. Yes. That's the guy that fulfilled right. all the prophecy. Now they have to come to grips with, right. we crucified the Messiah. Right. Well, you and even in the context of our life, you have to do something with a resurrected Jesus. Mm -hmm. this, this requires something. Like you said, forgiveness of sin is great. You know, even if you believe that the crucified Jesus, you know, paid the penalty for sin— a resurrected Jesus means that you have to do something with that. And <laughs> yeah. now there's 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 an animus on us for a renewed life, for change, for something different. The resurrected Jesus changes everything. That's right, because the cross is the invitation to the world yes. for for remission of sins, right? But the but the resurrection of Jesus yes. is an invitation for a choice. Yes, newness of life, different than I was before I realized this I didn't fact. just come to the cross, but now I'm going through it, and I'm going through the grave. Right. Hence, baptism in water. Yes. Right? Romans 3. Why is that super important? Well, old things are passed away. I'm going down. Yep. I'm going down. Down meant down into... Old life, yep. old ways, yep. all of that. And when I come out, I'm being washed and clean. Yep. I went down, I come up, resurrection. Yes, yes. It's very much a symbol of being born again. Yep, absolutely. So this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Yes. And they laid hands on them. Now, this isn't the laying hands on them and no, praying. No, this, this isn't a good laying on of hands. <laughs> this is not a good. There is a good laying on of hands, yes. and then there is a bad yes. laying this on of hands. This ain't the good one. This is not a good one. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed. Now, catch that. So they, they bring this message of Jesus. They mm -hmm. bring this message of the resurrected Jesus. Enemies come against them, persecuting them, taking them into custody. 
And yet, even with all that, people hear it and they believe it. Yeah. Here's why this is so key. Sometimes we can get so discouraged that we think nobody is listening because either bad things are happening to us or a, or a select group of people are not receiving what we're right. saying. But somebody is always listening. Yeah. Somebody's always hearing what we're saying. Right. And we never know what that seed may be doing. Right. A good outcome doesn't necessarily mean a favorable outcome for you in the moment. You know, we can get we can get kind of captured by that as, as believers. You know, we maybe we pray for things or maybe we have a heart or a belief for certain things. I certainly can think of a lot of those things. And those things don't turn out the way it I imagine them in my mind, but a a positive outcome doesn't necessarily mean a favorable outcome for what I was expecting because God uses those things too. We were just talking, you know, about in in our in our last service about Romans eight twenty eight about yeah. how good how things work out toward our good, and those things aren't always what we expect them to be. Indeed, and look at this. And the number of men came to be about five thousand. Wow. Now, you had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, yep. 3,000 are added. Mm -hmm. Now you have a lame man, bones popping, people were paying attention, crowd gathers, they preach the gospel, right. they get persecuted, they get hands laid on them, they're yeah. thrown in jail, they're yep. taken into custody, and 5,000 more, more come into the kingdom. Wow. And it came to pass on the next day, so they're held in custody overnight. Yep came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. This is, this is again, this is the heavy, heavy hitters. Right. Like they're bringing in the very influential. Right. And here's a key here. When we're reading this and we, we're looking at religious leaders, one of the reasons why they denied the resurrection is because of what it would have cost them as religious leaders. Absolutely. It would have cost them position. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Power. Yes. When you talk about religion and politics, they're not always separate. No. Because for some people, politics can become religion. Yes, it can. And religion can become politics. Yes, yes. When you're talking about power, political yeah. clout, yeah. All of those different things. Yep, the ability to influence. That's right. Verse 7, and when they had set them in the midst, so they'd taken them into custody, now they're just putting them out in front of everybody. They ask, by what power or what name have you done this? Speaking of the lame man, keeping that in context, right, yeah. bones popping. Yeah. Then Peter, here's the key, filled with the Holy Spirit. He's not empty. <laughs> He's not going, hey, wait a second, I got to listen to... Uh, I gotta listen to some words of music and get in the mood. <laughs> hey, I gotta yeah. like somebody give me my beats. Yeah, know, give me get, a, give me, me Bethel or Elevation or yeah. give me Red Rocks or something. Yeah. Like I need some worship. Like yeah. no, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, "Rulers of the people and elders of Israel." Now these guys have already preached the gospel. They've already talked about the resurrection dead, and now they're bringing account again. Verse nine is so strong. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, that word well there means whole, yes. takes on even a connotation of the Greek word sozo, right? Right. Meaning whole. That's not just talking about his physical body. Right. Right? That's talking about his spirit and his what? Also talking about his his mind, his soul. His, his soul. His, you know, the, the, that soulish part, that, even the emotional side of him. 
That's right. So he says, if we're this deed, we're judged this day for a good deed done to a helpless man by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yes. Huge. Right. That it includes of Nazareth. Yes. A lot of people were, a lot of people had the name Yahshua. Yep. A lot of people did. Christ Messiah could be ascribed to anybody, but this is a specific person that's being ascribed to, of Nazareth, whom you crucified. But then he adds again, whom God raised from the dead. He yes. continues to say that. He never talks about crucifixion without talking about resurrection. Right. Yeah. Then he says, by him, capital H, this man stands here before you whole. Sozo. Again, not a Led Zeppelin album. No, not a Led Zeppelin <laughs> album. I haven't heard that one. But Sozo. Yes. Meaning whole healed. Now, Carlos, we know that the guy was not healed physically immediately. Right. We just know that his bones popped. He got up. He began to run and leap. But then he had to lean on Peter and John. Yep. So we know that he wasn't fully healed yet. Right. We know that there have been many words for the word healing throughout this, right. but none of them have come to Sozo until now. Right. So now Peter is saying the guy's not just his feet aren't the only thing that's well. Right. His legs aren't the only thing yes. that's well. But now his spirit and his mind, why is it so important? For this scripture to say whole, especially when it has to do with this lame man at the gate. Well, it's important that we understand that that even it goes back to where it talks about in the in prophecy that by his stripes we are healed. That this this atonement, the issue of the atonement, I, and I love how they made sure that they made a strong distinction of who they're talking about. Yep. Jesus Christ. Of Nazareth, yep. whom you crucified, just in yep. case you guys forgot. That's right. This is the power that brought brought this sozos or this complete wholeness to this man's life. So what what happened here? What transpired here? Jesus's death and his resurrection. This man seeing that that power delivered a wholeness to this man, not just the ability for him to get up. You know, yep. we saw the, the miracles that Jesus did. Yep. You know, take up your bed and walk. We saw all of these things. We saw people raised from the dead. We saw Lazarus come forth. But because of the completed work of Christ, now this man not only has access to physical healing where he can be made well, he has access to his spirit being being renewed, being right with God, and also his, his soul being made whole and well, and him having mental and spirit, spiritual and physical and a complete total restoration, a complete healing. At the beginning of Acts 3, his body gets up. Yeah. But in Acts 4, his soul gets up. Yes. His spirit gets up. Yes. Like all of him gets right. up and is alive. Right. Because a lame man being laid at a gate for 30-some-odd years, right? he doesn't just have a physical infirmity. No, he doesn't. He's got some issues. There's a lot of stuff that comes with that. Yeah, he's got some emotional baggage. Yes. Like, he's worth nothing. Yes. Can't yet work. people are throwing money at right. him, yet he's worth nothing. Right. Because, you know, we, we talked about this when we dealt with uh, Acts 3, is that they laid him at the gate. It doesn't distinguish they, but it gives the connotation as if it's not family, but it's somebody who's profiting from his issue. Right, yeah, there's, there's something else involved. And so now he's being used for profit. Right. His ailment's being used for profit. That brings a whole other level right. 
of emotional issues. Right. And that becomes his identity. That's right. No, he is the lame man at the gate. That is that even today, that's who you What's know, he's his referred name? to. We have What's no his name? idea. We don't know. He's a lame man at the gate. If somebody says, Hey, who's that guy at the gate? I don't know. He's yeah. just a beggar. He's, he's a lame guy. He's been he's been there all his life. That's right. Yeah, that's that, right. Pay that no become, attention to him. That that's becomes fine. who he is. Yep. That's why it's so important. Listen, I know a lot of people who have a good heart. They have a good heart, like a, a good heart. Man, they want to love God, but they haven't gotten this to that place. They haven't gotten this to that place, right. their mind. You know, Romans is clear. Be not conformed to this world. Be separate. Do right. not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your, of your mind. Of your mind. Transformation comes through the renewal of our mind. Well, how does renewal of our mind happen? You have to take on the mind of Christ right. in Christ. Right. There's a reason in Ephesians 6 that the helmet of salvation is a helmet that it goes over That's your right. head. That's right. It goes over your head. Yeah. It's salvation. Like, yes. why isn't it over my heart? Right. Well, you got a breastplate right. of righteousness, yeah. right? That's guarding your heart. Right. But over your mind is salvation. Right. I mean, there's a lot to that. You don't get saved by thinking you're saved. Yeah, exactly. That's not what we're right. saying. But what we are saying is that for too long, when we say the church, we're just talking about believers in general have minimized yes. the mind. Right. This not is, overemphasized the this heart. This is where the battle is. Yeah. Because it's going here before it gets here. Oh, yeah. It's coming in here before it gets there. Absolutely. You know, we've said it uh, a lot. You know, 12 to 18 inches may be all you need to go for deliverance. Yep. Yep. Like Get, right here. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this of this context is that what Jesus did gets all of that in sync. Yep. All of it. It puts all of that. This, this It lines all of it. Even this physical body, it puts all of that in sync for one complete whole healing. And actually, if the guy gets healed physically, but is still a beggar and still has the same mindset, he's not a threat to these leaders. Absolutely. But if his body is healed and his spirit is healed and his soul is healed, yep. that's a threat. Yeah, now this Jesus thing has, has some authenticity because to it. Because this guy now is walking in the power of the resurrection. Yeah. He's probably telling everybody at this That's point. right, because he's whole. So verse 11, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Of course, uh, uh, quoting uh, Old Testament prophecy, mm -hmm. Psalm 118, um, you know, um, and talking about Jesus being uh, the stone that they didn't want. They didn't want him, but yet he is the cornerstone. Yeah. Verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which me, we must be saved. Right. That is a key. No other name, right. no other gods, no other way. And another reason why he was so specific in making sure they knew exactly who he was talking about, the Jesus they were talking about. Yep. Verse 13, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, I love this. I can so see them with their nose feel in this. <laughs> I can so feel this right here. This is personal for me. <laughs> now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they saw their boldness. Right. They didn't see their intellect. Right. They saw their boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Thereby, they didn't look the part, and right. they didn't sound the part. Right. But they had boldness. Right. And then, then just let them know they had to believe what they were saying. And it almost gives the connotation that having boldness was actually not a good thing 
in their minds. Right. You're supposed to be dignified. You're supposed to be all that way. You're trained and you're educated. Right. These guys are untrained, uneducated men. They marveled. Now, why would they marvel? Because they saw the boldness, but they also heard what was coming from their mouths, and these guys had not been taught and trained. Right. Which means the anointing of the Holy Spirit is there. Right. Is there. And also anybody that had seen or had witnessed Jesus, the Bible and the gospel said the same thing about Jesus, that he spoke as one having authority. And this made people marvel. So now there's a similitude here. Now these guys are acting just like the they're acting just like the teacher. Yep. And here's the key right here. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Yep. Man, this is so personal here. So many times we're thinking about uh I want to be careful how I say this because sometimes it can come off as anti-education and I'm not anti-education. No, by no means. But the realization here is not that these guys went to Bible college. Right. Or that they had learned all these things they were saying. The boldness and the power that they're carrying, what that does is all of a sudden it's like these people have been with Jesus. Yeah. Can that be said about us? Right. <laughs> Are they looking at us going, oh, it's such a great speaker, such a good speaker? And sometimes I'm not sure whether I should take that as a compliment or not. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like when somebody's like, oh, that was so eloquent and that was so this and that was so that. And I'm like, mm, is, is that a compliment or not? Right. Like, because I don't want them to to be in a comfort where I'm doing all the work for them as a charismatic speaker. Right, because that can be a distraction for them. Yeah, but sometimes I think it needs to be messy. It needs to be real. It needs to be messy. It doesn't need to be all... Listen, I, I don't know about you, but for me, when God speaks to me, it's not no. clean and neat. and. It gets down to the root of whatever he's trying to say, and sometimes that's not always... Pretty and not elegant. I don't. I don't hear the Lord in the King James. It, it's just. It's. It's real. It what's. It's what needs to happen. To me, it is the difference between folding a sheet and folding a fitted sheet. You just got to get it done. <laughs> like the ones that stretch and go over. Yeah. You ever try to fold one of those? Yes. yes it's you almost have to roll it like a sleeping bag, yeah, right? It's yeah. messy. Yeah. But guess what? It does a job, yep. and it does it well. Yep. And and I think that so many times we're we're so. We're so worried about getting it all right, and it's sounding right yeah, and sounding good I've to the hearers, there. that we forget it's the power, yeah. it's the boldness. Right. Like Peter looks at the man and says, "Look at me, look at us. Right. I don't have money, but what I have, I give it to you in Jesus' name. Bones pop." Then Peter preaches. Then he, uh, the captain of the temples, the Sadducees, the priest, then he speaks boldly to them. Then they put him in captivity. Then they put him in the middle of everybody, in front of the high priest. And he still speaks boldly. And then they're like, wait a second. They're untrained. What is happening here? Right. Oh, they've been with Jesus. That same thing we saw in Jesus, we're seeing in these guys. I believe that's part of the intentionality of the type of men that Jesus selected to follow him and be his disciples, that ultimately when this whole thing comes full circle, that the type of the type of witness it would provide would definitely provide credit and glory and honor to God. He could have went and picked people out of the Sanhedrin Council. He could have went and got the the rich man that approached him, you know, and asked him about the law and all, but he intentionally had had men that follow him that 
when when this whole thing came back around, you know, it would bring glory and honor to God to say that there's something supernatural about what's happening here, that they must have had an encounter with something, and it, it just opens the door for the gospel. So they see them, but now they're going to see something else. Verse 14, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing nope. against it. <laughs> man, <laughs> if we word. could just get that in our spirit— that if we would just leave all that up to God yes, and we would just be bold and humble and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and then leave everything else to God. Yeah. Because when God does it, they won't be able to say anything against right. it. Like you can argue your interpretation of Scripture all day long with people, but when God does something, God does something. Right. <laughs> it's like you want to look at him and go, do something with that. Right, yeah. Like what are you going to say? I've often often heard people say that the book of Acts should be called the Acts of the Apostles, should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because you know when you when <laughs> the whole thrust of this book is God doing this and God doing this and God and this and this showing that it is God Himself that is moving in these circumstances, choosing to do it through people. Yes, which still amazes me to this day. Very flawed people, a little very, reputation. Very flawed people. All right, verse fifteen. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves. So they're going to they're gonna cast them out now, away from the council, still keeping them in bondage. Yep. But verse 16, saying, what shall we do with these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through. So they are, they are acknowledging that a miracle happened, not just a healing. Yep. Can't deny it. A miracle, all right? So they say that a notable miracle has been done through them through them is evident to all who in, who are in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. What strong language. Yes. Like God did something, we can't deny it. Everyone in Jerusalem knows. Thousands of people saw this. Thousands, <laughs> because again, we're feast time, still yes. thousands of people. So they know it's God. They know that God's moving through these men. They know that everybody in the city acknowledges that it's God, and here is their response to that. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Yep. So now there's no question that they're just here protecting their territory. Yeah. Like they don't want people to get healed. They don't want people to be well. Nope. They don't want people to not be dependent upon them. Sound familiar? Yeah. Like yeah. It, religion becomes politics. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's a power struggle, and those that are supposed to be serving and protecting now right. are the reason why people aren't being healed, yep. aren't coming out, aren't being able to stand right. up. Right. And now this part, they're looking to be a further rope, the roadblock to further progress for God doing this with somebody else. Yeah. So verse 18, so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now, this is key because in the last days, it's clear that the delineation will not be whether you get a thing or not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it will be denial of Jesus. Yes. Not some God. Right. Or God little G. Right. But it will be Christ. Right. That not, will be the dividing line. We're not talking philosophy here. We're that's talking right. about identification with the Son of God. That's right. 
So Peter and John, with everything to lose, they've already been beaten up a little bit and thrown yep. in jail. Oh, yeah. And now, if their answer is the wrong answer, they could be stoned in public. Yeah, I love this. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. <laughs> He's just putting it right back on them. <laughs> and then verse 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now you have a definition of their boldness because they didn't wait to get out of their presence and say, you know what? I know they said not to do it, but we're going to do it. Then immediately, as soon as the ultimatum was given, they let them know we're not going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to follow God on this. In the crowd. In the crowd when everybody's seeing it. Yep. And them probably being aware that they know that God did this. Guess what? If you're a witness for Jesus, there is no such thing as a silent witness. No, there isn't. No such thing as a silent witness. Nope. I know that was a thing for a while, but there is no such thing as a silent witness. You just don't find you don't you just don't find precedence for that in the word of it's God. It's not in the scripture. Self-preservation is not following Jesus. No. You have to die to self. It's the opposite. Yeah, look at the example of Christ. Yeah. Verse 21. So when they had further threatened them. <laughs> so <laughs> so went on for a while. So their answer did we didn't want that answer. Yeah. So we're going to threaten you further. They let them go finding no way of punishing them because of the people since they all glorified God for what had been done. So here because of what the Holy Spirit's doing, they cannot do any further damage to these guys. Yep. They just know they can't. God has already done something that they can't explain. Yep. And if they go any further, it's going to cost them political clout. Yes. Yeah. At every turn, they're protecting their territory. Yeah. Verse 22, for the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions. So Peter and John are let go. They go back to uh, the believers, their own companions, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So they're basically retelling the story that we just told. Mm-hmm. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, so who's praying here? All the believers that they come back to and they tell, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said. So again, they're, they're rebooting prophecy. They're rebooting the prophetic word from the Old Testament. Yep. And they're saying, this is that. They're like speaking forth uh, the prophetic from the Old Testament, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And the kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Verse 27, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, this is their prayer, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. They're not giving a speech in front of a crowd. They're no. praying to God. Yeah, they're amongst themselves here. They're not going, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, please touch grandma please. They're not doing that. No. This is a, this is a spirit-filled, empowered yes. word from God to right. God. Right. Amongst believers. <laughs> Amongst believers. And then here's their prayer. Now, be careful if you pray this prayer. To do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Man, that's a that prayer right there. That's a that's a dangerous prayer right there. <laughs> to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, this is their prayer. 
look on their threats. Now, we would think that after this is going to come, Lord, look on their threats and stone them and bring right. judgment on or them. Or take the threats away. It not even, it goes the opposite. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. So they're praying this over Peter and John, mm -hmm. and they're not saying, hey, Lord, please keep them out of that. Don't let them go back into custody again. Don't let them be called before them again. They're just saying when they do get called back into that. This is going to come back around. <laughs> may they speak your word with all boldness. And then... Verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal. So they're saying, Lord, when this happens again, you stretch out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Basically, they're saying everything that happened in Acts 3 and right. 4, do it do again, it again Lord. Lord. And I love how they don't blame their circumstance. No. They don't get down in the dumps about what happened. It's almost a motivating factor because Jesus had told them, this is going to happen, man. You're going to speak in my name. I'm going to give you the words to say. People are going to hate you. They're going to deliver you to councils. And, and now all of this is coming back around. And rather than it being the deterrent for them, since it's a fulfillment of the words of Jesus, it's almost a motivating factor for them. It's God, an encouragement. God, I see what you're doing. It's an encouragement. I, it's happening, God. Just like you said, I see what you're doing. And so now when it happens again, because we know it is, God, give us the boldness. Don't let our fear or our flesh take over. Give us the boldness that we can complete your mission. We can do what you told us to do, God. If we prayed this prayer, we may have said, man, Lord, that you would do those signs and wonders again. Those bones would pop again. Man, Lord, that's awesome. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, but we want to leave out the persecution side <laughs> yeah. Please don't let us get called in front of them. Don't let them take us into custody. Please, Lord, don't let us do this. Don't right. let us do this. But they're saying, Lord, do it again. Right. Do it again, Lord. It's, do it exactly that way again. And it's still knowing that each one of these elements are still a key ingredient in revival. Yeah. Each one of them. Yep. And there's also a recognition on those that are praying that the gospel has been preached and people have accepted the gospel yes. and thousands of people have come into the kingdom of God. Right. That's the focal point. The yes. focal point isn't the persecution. The focal point is look at all these right. people coming into the right. kingdom. What God has done through that medium. Yeah. And then verse 31, man, here it comes. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Hold on a second, Scott. What? Aren't we just filled with the Holy Spirit once when we pray salvation? That's not what the Bible says. Well, all these people are believers, post-resurrection. And most all of them were in the upper room. Yep. And most all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And spoke in languages that were from other nations yep. and laid hands on people and healed them. Right. Those same people, again, are all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Right. Now, why, why in the world would I need another filling if I just got the Spirit of God at salvation? I heard a preacher say, because we leak. Because we leak. <laughs> so go a little further with that, Carlos. Well, we, because there is a delineation here yeah. where people believe that, okay, the spirit of God came. My spirit bears witness with his spirit. I'm a child of God. Right. I prayed a prayer. It's all good. I don't need any more of the Holy Spirit. Right. But yet we see time after time an infilling, 
an infilling, yes. an infilling, an infilling. Right, and the Bible makes it very clear. We we know that God seals us with his Holy Spirit, through his Holy Spirit when we believe. By grace, we are saved through faith, and we come to a yep. saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But that power that comes that comes with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that dunamis power that the Bible talks about in Acts chapter two. Dunamis is, dynamite. Yes, that's us. If go go back and go back and listen to, <laughs> to the other midweek moves so that you yeah, it's so that you it's it's in there. So that is a that's a separate act of grace that God gives in order not just for you to believe and for you to live for him, but in order for you also to fulfill the work and the calling that God has on your life. He gives access, you know, without going into an entirely different teaching, he gives access to the things that you see here in the book of Acts to be able to work through people because we're not just we're not his spirit is not just with us, but it's in us and it's working and flowing through us. And that's very important. And like it said, like it said right here, it said, and they were all filled. And all means, well, all means all. Oh. And that included people that were there in Acts chapter 2, and they were filled again. And so it's, it's very important as we live out our lives um, in the day-to-day that we're exposed to the world. We go out there and we we deal with people. We have to fight temptation and sin and deal with the enemy and stuff. And there are times where, and we and we give ourselves out, we we go all out for what God is doing, and we we give of ourselves. And there are times where we are going to need a fresh re- refilling of the power of God in our life so it can continue to flow out. And the fact that when we take in ungodly things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When we take in ungodly things, it pollutes the things of the Spirit. Yep. It's clear biblically. Yeah. It's clear it's it's not hazy. It's not it's not hidden mystery. It's clear and that it, the things of this world pollute yep. the things of the spirit because they are completely in opposition right. to the things of God. I think about David repenting in the Psalms when he asked the Lord to create in him a clean heart yep. and to renew a right spirit. Yet he why. was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, but he was a man that fell into sin, and he knew that that type of that type of behavior would put distance between him and the work that God was doing in his life. So his prayer was, God, wash this thing again, make me clean, make me new, renew a right spirit, don't take your spirit away from me. And if you think that applied then, how much more does it apply now? And he even goes into, restore unto me the joy, joy of my, my salvation. salvation. Yes. Not that he was getting saved again, right? but that he was being renewed by the Spirit of God to that same joy that was given yep. to him unto salvation. Yes. So we're not talking about a. Uh, if you think, man, I you know I got filled with the Holy Spirit twenty years ago. Right. You need to be filled today. Yes. I need to be filled today. Yes. It says, and he spoke the word of God with boldness. boldness. Now, verse thirty-two. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Man. You just don't know how hard that is. It's hard to get five people in a room with one heart and one soul. It's hard to get the four people in my family with one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Now, socialist construct would try to take this and be like, just distort this and put it all. You have to understand the context of the society at the time. Them going into this Jesus thing means that they were being almost put aside. To the to the normality of how society operated, temple worship, all yep. of these things. You see some of that a little later on in the book. Outcast. Yeah. Outcast. So it was it was a necessary thing for them to take care of each other in this context. And with great power, the apostles gave witness 
to the crucifixion of Jesus? No. The resurrection of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. That even goes back to the connotation, he will command the blessing upon you. Yes. That goes back to Old Testament. Yes. He will command the blessing on you. Commanding the blessing on you is not so you can have 10 cars or four houses. Right. It is so that you can have God's favor and grace upon you as you boldly proclaim right. him it's to about the masses. God's, it's about God's purpose, that favor, that grace of boldness, the feeling of the spirit, it all points to the purpose that God is trying to accomplish through the people that he, that, that call on his name. And a truth that people find hard to believe sometimes, Carlos, is that before God is for us, God is for God. Yeah. And he's not wrong for that. No, God is for his name to be glorified. Yes. Because if our name is glorified, nobody gets changed. Nope. But if his name is glorified, I will draw all men unto me. That's unto me. where the if benefits are. If you lift are. me up, if you glorify me, I will draw all men. Peter and John lifted up Jesus, not just on the cross, but the resurrection of Jesus. And because of that, people came. Yes. 3,000, 5,000. Thousands upon thousands upon yes. thousands, and a lame man at the gate. Right, because it wasn't pointing to the apostles. It was pointing to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yep. Verse 34, nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. Now, this is biblical distribution. Yep. They're taking care of the needs of the people. And Yosius, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, which we will learn later on Barnabas truly is a son of encouragement. Yes, key figure. A Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And that is a key. That seems like a very uh, one-off kind of verse. But when we see Barnabas later, this right here, having land, what he had, how much he had. And being a Levite. Selling it and then bringing it and laying it at the apostles' feet. Not only is it the beginning of something amazing yes. in his life, but it also is a game changer for the establishment of the church. Yes, it is. Of the New Testament church. Like I said, key feature. Key. Key. All right. Wow. Acts chapter 4. Huge. Huge. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in and being with us. Man, we appreciate it so very much. Um, again, a midweek move. We just want you to be filled and refreshed and renewed. Carlos, any parting words? Take advantage of this. You know, one thing I really like about this form factor, that is mobile. I, I listen to the midweek move in the car with me, wherever it is. The, the ability to rightly divide the word of truth, especially in these times, is so important. Take advantage of this. These are deep dives. It's taking verse by verse, extrapolating the text so you can get it into your life and practice it. Take advantage of it. we got so many people that are like, hey, I'm going to work in the morning, and man, I've got it on Spotify or I've got it on podcasting, and I'm listening to it in the car. Man, it's awesome. Yes. Or it's, hey, it's late at night instead of watching TV. I'm putting on the video version or I'm watching on this platform and this platform. Yep. Um, you know, I, I make the joke all the time. I have a face for radio. So if that's best for you to, <laughs> to listen on radio, that's awesome. So again, man, we love you. We're praying for you. 
Uh, we want God's best for you. And ultimately, in, the, in this midweek move, we just want you to grow in Christ. We want you to get deeper in the scriptures and yeah. be everything. Be who God created you to be so you can know what he's saying and do what God says. Yes. We love you. And until next time, may God bless you.